0: hello everyone and welcome to the investing with ibd podcast sponsored by vantage point it's justin nielsen here your host and it is wednesday october 12 2022 and as always i have joining me arusha Pierce. he's a portfolio manager at o'neill global advisors how you doing arusha i'm doing well justin yeah, despite the market, uh, which is always just uh, hanging in there as,
1: as well as you could, I, I, I yeah, would, as I, well I, as so, you yeah. could. Sure.
0: <laughs> and uh, you know what? This is going to be Portfolio Managers Squared because we also, as our special guest, we have another O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager, my good friend, Charles Harris. How are you doing, Charles? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, absolutely. So Charles and I go way back. uh Seems like just yesterday. I guess it was 22 years ago that we were sitting next to each other, and I was watching you do your trades. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of fun times uh, outside of Bill Bill O'Neill's office. And then eventually, uh, Charles moved inside Bill O'Neill's office, worked very closely with him for a number of years. Uh, <clears> gosh, <throat> how many studies have you been involved with and model oh books? You know, a lot, uh, over the years. A lot. So good times. Yeah, absolutely. So we yeah, we've got a lot of uh, gosh, how how long have you been uh, at 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 the firm now? Uh, cuz you, you started it? before I did. I know.
2: <laughs> and I, I just started, celebrated
0: 25 years, uh, so. so I
2: started September 95.
0: September wow. 95, okay. So you wow. had 2 years on me. So. so like 20 yeah, 27 years now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wow.
1: okay.
2: I I never thought it would uh, turn into this, but I feel pretty fortunate, you know. It's been a it's been a great place to be. I never uh, you know, when I first started, I thought I'd be an analyst, you know, like a mm-hmm. like a buy side firm, a sell side firm. Like I got my CFA, like that was the intention. Yeah. But then I got the trading bug and managed to make a few bucks and turn into this. So I feel yeah. pretty happy, pretty pretty well, fortunate.
0: Yeah, and let, let's not forget that one of the reasons why Bill O'Neill tapped Charles Harris as a portfolio manager was after having a. Uh, a quadruple digit percentage return <laughs> in a year that kind of got his attention and said, Hey, why don't you come do that for me? Uh, so, uh, very successful career there. But uh, let's see, you know, we've got a lot of uh, learning lessons that we can talk about. But today, uh, we're going to talk with Charles about these secondary indicators and how. Uh, you have to be aware of them, not put too much weight on them. You use them as a guide. And of course, as always, we'll go over some markets, uh, get Charles' take on things, and uh, get some get some stocks that might be on his radar. So how about we get started, and uh, let's pull up the NASDAQ composite and see where we're at. I mean, it's been another... Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to test you, Charles, on all of the market school rules. Uh, of course, Charles <laughs> Harris, uh, Mike Webster, and I worked on market school together. And I'm not sure if you remember the distribution cluster. We just actually had a distribution cluster yesterday. Um, and uh, Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's like you know memories. So uh, so maybe so maybe define what the distribution cluster is for everybody, Justin. So when you have a, a you know distribution, of course, distribution days are when you're down uh, significantly and volume increases from the prior day. And one of the things that we found, and and this was tricky because what ten years ago. We were finding distribution was not as useful as it used to right. be, you yeah. know, and part of that was right. because, I mean, we thought as a thesis, it might just be quantitative easing, you know, mm-hmm. that you'd have distribution and then people were like, well, where, where else am I going to put my money? The the rates are so low, quantitative easing is happening, and it would just go right back into the market. Um, yeah. But distribution clusters, when you had a number of distribution days kind of in a, in a short, span of time. And we looked at, you know, four out of eight days or three out of five days with distribution. Um, you know, so that's, that's what we've had. We keep on having these distribution clusters. Um, we haven't been able to make any progress above our 21 day moving average line. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and, and, you know, we just on the NASDAQ and and S and P 500, you know, we're, we're plumbing those lows. Uh, so we're at the lowest levels that we've seen in over two years. Um, it's been brutal out there what's what's your take charles
2: it, it's been brutal i mean you you said it it's been um i was talking to arusha before we got started i mean this is we're in a brutal bear, bear market we haven't experienced anything quite this severe since um 2008 you know mm-hmm. and then before that the um tech bubble burst you know 2001 and two so um so it's, it's been bad i mean the nasdaq was at 36% off its highs yesterday at, at the lows. Uh we've been in this since November of last year, so we're 10 and a half months into a bear market that just hit a low yesterday. So, okay. um, you know, we haven't experienced anything quite like this in a long time. Seasonally, you know, you know me, I'm always going to give you the <laughs> give you the optimistic side of the things. positive
0: outlook. That's what that's yeah. what we have you on for Charles. I <laughs> mean,
2: Well, the truth is eventually we are going to set up for an amazing bull market. And given the damage that's been done, I would expect it to be an extended bull market because so many stocks in the growth and speculative sectors are off between 60, 70, 80 plus percent. Mm -hmm. So there has been... the severity of the damage has been as bad as I've I've ever seen it in these sectors. Uh, And if we didn't have, uh, you know, oil and gas leading us in more kind of defensive areas doing a little bit better, I think the indices would be down even much more. You know, so there's been some offsets. But, you know, we we focus on growth, and growth has been severely out of favor now for... um, you know, since last November and before that, you know, speculative growth peaked last you know, February of uh right. twenty one. So I mean or uh, yeah, yeah, February, February twenty one. It, so, so it's been a, a long extended downtrend. Um but again seasonally we are in the time frame where we the market has often hit lows and rallied into a year end. And you know, when, when you've been in an extended bear market as we've been in, and the news has been so bad uh, and consistently bad, people start to think in a very linear way and think, "Well, it's just always going to be bad." And I'll you know, PPI was bad, CPI will be bad. The Fed is going to raise again at seventy-five basis points, and it's hard to see anything changing when you've had. It's almost like we've been programmed to realize mm-hmm. that things are just going to remain bad. But, you know, these Fed increases have occurred in such a short span of time. They haven't really had the um, enough time to really sift through the economy and have their desired effect. So I, I do think that um, that the Fed will get a hold of this uh inflation that we've been in. And you have to remember like this inflation was induced, you know, kind of a post COVID supply shock type of situation that hasn't been, you know, we haven't had severe inflation for like five or six or seven years. Mm-hmm. We've had it for a year and a half. So it came upon us quick. And I think I mean given how they've been raising rates, I think and and this kind of the news flow, like like you hear you here, things are getting worse. You know, people are feeling it. Um, I think I think. a little bit of good news on that front. And uh, they don't have – I'm not saying the Fed needs to go into um, easing rates. But just the, 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 the market – <laughs> Yeah, the market perceiving, though, that they're getting a hold of, of inflation and maybe we can start to um, – you know, not add not add to the rate hikes. I think will could be enough to to really get the market going again. So, you know, again, the market has been discounting. I think a lot of this, and again, it's been very very severe, and and we haven't had any really. We've only had one trading opportunity this whole year, right? Right, and that was you know the June July time frame. We had you know mid June to mid August, mid maybe a little bit whatever. in
0: March. Uh
2: yeah, uh yeah, very, very short, though. Very, very short, short. Right. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So, Both of them
0: really very short.
2: Yeah, well, at least we had a couple months mid-June, you know, mm-hmm. uh, through, I think, I guess it was August. Yeah,
0: yeah I so. mean, it, it, the, the, the index has peaked on August 16th, but, you know, there was a little bit of chop back and forth yeah. at the beginning of July. And it was also a little bit tough in that. The, the the things that were working at first were really things just coming off the bottom
2: yeah oh it yeah was, no it's... It, was, it was your
0: shopifys your yeah, you know your yeah. you know anything that was down eighty percent or more I mean that seemed like what was driving yeah
2: no we haven't really had a, a we haven't had a tradable rally where we could trade base breakouts you know there's oh, been yeah. a few there's been a few like things that are still on my watch list that have been coming off with the market but are holding up relatively well compared to other stocks you know I think we're going to talk about them later in the podcast but like like Celsius or Shockwave mm-hmm. stocks like that um you know there are maybe opportunities to to trade those um but it's been it's been you know what we want when the market turns is is a good number of stocks that are setting up and you know that hasn't been the case unless you're focused on the energy sector. Well, if and... you're wa- if
1: you're waiting for a lot of stocks to a good amount of stocks to set up it it could be a lot longer. Oh, right? it's it gonna could be, be it could be like 6 to 8 weeks for Oh, a number, it could for a be... of these stocks to build oh, base yeah. right the earliest maybe.
2: Well, when the market bottomed in 2009, right? So we hit right. the financial crisis lows in March of 2009. There was nothing to buy. There, there was like a handful, like Green Mountain Coffee was one of them yep. uh, that actually broke out right around that time frame. But it took about four months before there were a lot of stocks that were were actually setting up because it took about four months for these stocks to build the right side of their bases. Yeah. So, yeah. So the market can stop going down. Well, it will stop going down well before – there's going to be a lot of new merchandise to buy in the growth sector because there haven't been any IPOs, right? That that market, the IPO market, that was a 2021 thing. <laughs> yeah, it's been completely shut down this year, yeah. so we don't. There's no mer- really new merchandise there, and everything else in the growth areas have been decimated. So, yeah, I agree with you. I I think that there it will be months before there are a lot of good setups in areas that we like to play in but the market will probably be rebuilding during that time frame and we'll have opportunities to um you know to to get in you know after after a follow-through yeah i I don't anticipate seeing a lot of stuff to buy when we finally get a a follow-through day assuming we get one you know early in a new rally but we're nowhere near a new route. We're we're just nowhere near it. I mean <laughs> right. I mean right. theoretically you can get a follow through day, you know, within a week, right? Yeah, Four yes. days. So yes. we can get one next week perhaps. But right. um but so I don't know. I, I'm yeah. I'm gonna be optimistic though and, and and say that this kind of action in mid October, I feel like I've been here a million times mm-hmm. before and mm-hmm. um and so I think it's possible we can get a rally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're we're. I feel like the market in many ways is very washed out, uh, and the there are many of the contra indicators that I focus on that we're going to talk about that are you know kind of expressing very oversold, kind of one-sided. Um, you know, everything's kind of on on one side of the boat now. So I think. You know, it won't take much of a catalyst to get us moving. But that said, and I think the whole point of the second segment is going to be don't over rely on these indicators because they've really been given false indications the entire year. And I've been anticipatory based on these indicators, kind of trying to get in early. And it's only led me to losses. So Mm -hmm. you have to be careful.
0: Mm hmm. Well, and, you know, one thing I just want to mention on the 2009, because, again, you're kind of, you know, you keep on saying, Charles, that this is uh, the last time we had something of this severity was was in the 2008 financial crisis. What was interesting coming out of that, um, while July was when things were finally kind of doing your traditional breakouts, um, there were this was one of the first times I saw Bill buying things underneath the 200 day moving average line. And buying stocks, buying stocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that was but, in March of 2009, but they were still relative strength leaders. You know, these were the stocks that didn't undercut their lows when the market was undercutting its lows. Um, so you had stocks like Apple, uh, Priceline, Baidu, um, you know, uh, C- Chipotle, CMG, um, you know, there, there were a number of these stocks that, uh, they were, they were looking very different from the market in terms of how they were holding up. And that, that's, that's what, that's what Bill keyed in on. So yeah, they weren't the traditional buy points, uh, but there, there were some stocks out there for at least those first few months, but it was really, it was really driven by your Ford and your bank of America and your Citigroup that had gotten killed down to a dollar. You know, a lot of these were trading single digits that were bouncing. And when they bounced, it was like, Oh, you had a couple hundred percent moves uh, on some of these big cap stocks.
2: That, that's an excellent point, Justin. And, and I actually spoke about that on another podcast recently. That um, you don't necessarily have to wait months before you get a traditional, you know, cup with handle breakout or double bottom or what have you. <clears throat> you know, if we you want to try to screen for stocks, as you mentioned, that. Um, that showed relative strength during this market downturn and, and did not have new lows when the market hit new lows. Um, and you know, you can, you can measure that with relative strength. You can look for stocks where the AD line, um, advanced decline line or accumulation distribution is, um, you know, showing strength, um, you know, fundamentally sound companies. So yeah, you, you, uh, you, you're you're going to get spots to enter these stocks earlier, but you still want to enter them when they're starting to move up as opposed to yes. sideways or going down. So you'll see, like, you know, like when Apple um, mo- began to move up following the uh, kind of 09 devastation, uh, it was holding up better, did not hit a new low. And it was breaking out of little, kind of little base areas down near the bottom of the base. So at least you mm-hmm. kind of had something visual that you could play off of. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And it was we, the leader. It, the it was the three. Yeah, the shakeout plus three, you know, shake yeah, plus shake... three rule. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. But it was also the clear leader in the in, in the market too, right? So, uh, I mean, that that was the other thing. They were still growing dramatically, uh, and so it was. If, if Apple wasn't going to work at that time, you know, the markets were really bad.
0: Well, I always feel like yeah. the clear leader is so much more obvious after the fact, right? <laughs> Th- that's true, but but uh,
1: yeah, you're, you're you're right on that. But when you were looking at the relative strength, they still had the numbers. Yes, things like it did that, have right, that. and it was mm-hmm. the big kind of liquid leader of the yes, time. Absolutely. Right now, maybe Green Mountain Coffee Roasters was kind of the one of the newer stocks, you know, that Charles was getting into, but. Uh, but Apple was known kind of as kind of the, the key institutional leader for a number of years at that point. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and it had, I think, um, I think it fell 56 percent or something like that, somewhere in the mid 50s mm-hmm. during that financial crisis. So it it got hit incredibly hard, too. So, yeah. Um, so
0: the w- market did. I mean, the market yeah, was down fifty-seven percent.
2: Exactly. Know, so, mm-hmm. so uh, and that's why I think the devastation this time around is is as bad or even worse because the Nasdaq's only down thirty-six percent. But you know, like I was kind of making a list of some of the the past leadership: Nvidia sixty-six percent off its highs at its lows; PayPal seventy-eight percent; Square eighty-two percent; Zoom eighty-eight percent. Tesla fifty percent, Amazon forty six percent, Shopify eighty six percent. I mean, this is like
0: <laughs> when when That's, you say this, severity. This is I mean, I mean, it doesn't. I
2: mean, from. these aren't stock. Most of these stocks are stocks that have earnings. You know, they they actually make money. Uh, maybe the PEs are very very inflated, but they're not pure speculative stocks. You know that 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 aren't expected to have earnings for a decade you know i mean these are stocks that actually make money yeah. um at least most of them you know like a paypal or an amazon or a square so or nvidia so i mean there's been an incredible amount of damage and eventually the market is going to bottom and I, again we've had uh a the, the speed and um, kind of the cadence of the rate hikes this year has been extreme. I don't I don't really actually ever remember a period where there were rate hikes this this many and and, you know, 75 basis points is a pretty big hike Yeah. Um, to do three or four in a row. I don't actually remember anything like that in the past. So um, so it's going to have an effect and i think the stocks are reflecting you know reflecting this and and i would like to think that when they're down 60 70 80% that they've discounted a lot of of what's going on but you know, listen i've only been wrong so far so <laughs> eventually <laughs> i'll be right but but yeah i mean i think this is a time to be very defensive be out of the market you know in in our in our firm accounts you know we're, we're pretty much out of the market you know and just waiting and right. and we, what do we do and you know, we have we thankfully we have a discipline and that is wait for a follow-through day and so just wait for a follow-through day i mean i mean the beauty of that technique is that it will keep you out of the worst periods of an extended bear market when you think it, it can't get worse and it just keeps getting worse and so Just sit on the sidelines and wait, and and we'll have our opportunity. Again, as Arusha mentioned, there's nothing to buy anyway. Mm -hmm. so And it's going to take a while for things to really turn around. So I wouldn't be too overly eager at this point.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the secondary indicators that you might use in addition to the follow-through day and see how they can be useful and see how they can lead you astray. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, trader. Will tomorrow be a market rally? Or a market crash? Well, you can finally stop guessing what's going to happen next. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can forecast stock market trends up to 72 hours in advance with incredible accuracy. Vantage Point's AI technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Check out www.freestockcoaching.com and experience Vantage Point for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Go to www.freestockcoaching.com now. Okay, welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host. And joining me as always is Arusha Piras, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager and this special week's guest is another portfolio manager from O'Neill Global Advisors. It's Charles Harris. So, Charles, um, w- we were talking about the market and all of the all of the ways in which this has kind of been very washed out. So, maybe share some of the indicators that you use to mm. kind of give you that sense of um, how how bad it's gotten on the sentiment side, those oversold indicators. So, w- what are some of your favorites?
2: Uh, so some of my favorite indicators um, on the contra indicators or psych indicators are the Investor's Intelligence Bull Bear Survey mm-hmm. uh, and then the AAII Investor Sentiment Survey. So the first one is um, a survey of investment advisors, kind of professionals, and the AAII is a, individu- a survey of individuals, kind of the, the broader public. Um, I take a look at the VIX. A volatil- volatility index and take a look at the put to call ratio um i i pay a lot of attention to the short-term overbought oversold oscillator which has a decent record of marking lows in the market but this year has been <laughs> an exception <clears throat> um i look at the new highs and new lows um, and i i pay attention to the stochastics Uh, among others. So those are the main ones I look at. And what I'd say this year is that I have over-relied on these secondary indicators to my detriment because I've been trying to be a little bit anticipatory, Um, you know, taking stabs at the market here and there in the uh, anticipation of a bottom, as opposed to just waiting for the follow-through day, which is kind of tried and true at least Mm -hmm. and it's this year has been tough for me because it's um these secondary indicators have not really worked the market again the market hit new lows just yesterday but if you look at, at many of these measures this year they have um the market has been very oversold by many measures the entire year i mean i was saying back in january february like oh my god we're way oversold right and yet you know, we've been going down for another, you know, nine months, right? Mm-hmm. From, from, you know, we're 10 months. So it's been, uh, you know, I, I think the message or, or the, the lesson is they're called secondary indicators for a reason. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put, you know, uh, uh, use them, but use them in conjunction with the follow-through day, or at least use them with the knowledge that they, um, aren't always going to be accurate and you can be, uh, you know, you can be right within a week, but in that one week you, you can lose 20%. Right. So, you know, there it's hard to time, but, you know, maybe we can go through a few examples and I can show you how usually they do a pretty good job. And so, you know, again, we, we spoke about in the first segment that we're in a bear market that is, we haven't experienced this kind of bear market in a long time. You know, it's been since 2008, 2009. So it's been, what, 12 years since we've been in, in this serious of bear market, whereas all the other corrections we've had since then have been either um, much faster to resolve or... Um, not as severe on the downside but a little more extended to play out like 2015 16 kind of time frame uh where it was just kind of you know you wear them out instead of scare them out mm-hmm. this i think has been a combination of both i mean it's right. been it's wearing us out and is scaring us out um so so, so charles
1: m- maybe like we, we have we have the screen of the nasdq up here uh, an image from from wanda up here uh, maybe walk us through uh, a couple of the the ones that probably your, your top two that you you look here look at here um, just to get like the indications on the secondary. Indicator. Okay.
2: Well, so on this on this um, image, the the top panel is the put to call ratio, mm-hmm. and we see um, a spike back in the it looks like the June time period. So that first kind of low where that started that tradable rally. Yeah. Uh, we see a spike up to about one uh, and a quarter or so, one point two five, and then just a week or two ago, we hit another spike at that level. So, yeah. uh, of course, you can see that it 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 did not mark the low because we went lower. So, normally, you get spikes where there's um where there are, you know more puts to calls it means people are getting very defensive and nervous and oftentimes they coincide with market lows. This year hasn't quite, um, again, matched up. The panel below that is the um, bull bear um, survey results. And you can see that for uh, a large part of this year, there has been more bears than bulls. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty rare. You don't go through long periods of time where that occurs. Unless you're in a severe bear market and which is what we're in, um, it's in most of the bear markets or the corrections we've had over the past ten or twelve years where the market was down, you know more like in the twenty twenty five percent range, yeah or you know or high teens, you never saw the bull, the bulls um, the bears exceed the bulls or if they yeah, get, I mean, those, those crossovers
1: are so rare i are very rare once every few years it would cross yes. over maybe once right
2: and yet this year we've had week after week after week where bears have exceeded bulls so you know that that's really disinforming us that we're in we've been in something really different hmm. now that the panel below that is the short term overbought oversold oscillator now uh I thought this was really interesting. The um, back in January 27th. So that was that low that you're pointing to right now. Yeah. The NASDAQ hit a low of 1897 minus 1897. That is the lowest it had ever been in the history of the NASDAQ. Wow. That's
1: ridiculous.
2: (laughs) and, And yet that was in January. Yeah. And, you know, and that did mark... A um, k- kind of, I think, a short-term bounce, but it wasn't really tradable. Um, you know, in- interestingly, the, the the second worst reading uh, was October twenty-eighth of eighty-seven, where it was a minus seventeen fourteen. Wow! That wow. was the low of the market in the eighty-seven crash. So that was the low point. So in eighty seven, that spike down actually did mark the low. Yeah. So I was yeah. kinda optimistic that, oh, look, we have another, you know, historical spike down, never happened before. Yep. The market's gonna recover, and yet this time around it didn't. And keep in mind that the eighty seven crash was a very short bear market. I mean it was a crash.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: it, it took a number of years to kind of come back, but you know, it, it hit a low and then it worked its way back up. Um, in, um before that, before the 87, the next lowest one was September 1st of 98, which is the oscillator hit a minus 1500. And that was the bottom of the first leg down of that 98 market. If you recall, um, we yeah, had a yeah, severe yeah. bottom yep. and then we had a tradable rally up to the 200 day. Yep. and then a shakeout undercut, and then that began the great last leg of the bull market Yeah, um, that took us all the way up to March of 2000. So, uh, So we're really in kind of unprecedented territory, and you can see that just a few weeks ago the market hit another – low of 16 it looks like around 1650 or so Mm -hmm. which is the third or worse rating in history and so you know by by these measures you would expect us to be somewhere near a low yeah but now
1: the only only thing though so those other two examples 87 and 98 you had kind of that big kind of washout right a huge kind of sell-off
0: it's um, very quick and severe
1: yeah, here, we haven't had that yet. Well, I mean, but we did but in January.
0: There, it but was yeah, not, pretty not quick and severe in them.
1: January. It's just that it's been so persistent, true, right? True, true. Yeah, so in the January, we definitely had it. But we yeah. for this last time, a few weeks ago, we it, we haven't necessarily had it, right? Yeah.
2: Well, it definitely, uh, again, we're in a different kind of bear market. Because, again, yeah. this is an extended bear market, whereas 98 was where a three-month Three months down, Nasdaq correcting about 32 or so percent. We're down 36 at percent at our lows over almost 11 months. So yeah. it, it is it is a different play. Um, but I will say that I don't know about you. I'm feeling a little panicky. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been yeah. pretty bad. Right. And I do think there's been a fair amount of forced liquidation. That no one's talking about, but I think, you know, people who are holding on to—I mean, I've sold a ton of my Tesla. I mean, I've just can't hold. I—I mean, I still own a lot of it, but it's um, been—you know—I've actually converted a lot of my stock to leaps, um, just to kind of raise cash and not and not you know play it on margin so much. But it's been. yeah, it's been devastating. I mean, it's it's been really bad. So, so um, you're
1: talking about like, yeah. So, like, we're all we've all been pretty nervous, right? And we're we're getting a little bit more panicky. But and we were talking about this before we, we started recording. Uh, I I feel like just the Main Street America. It, I don't I don't feel the panic necessarily from them. They're not really paying attention to the stock market just yet, right? A lot of a lot of times when you get that panic, then all of a sudden we'll all probably start getting called from people. Who aren't really watching the markets and asking us what's going on with the market yeah
2: that's that's true i mean i remember at the covid lows i had tons of people calling me like oh my god what's happening and you're right maybe because it was so you know over six seven weeks people are losing you know half their money or more Mm -hmm. It, it you know this is almost like the you know boiling the the lobster, a right? lobster in the kettle or the frog in the kettle like right. you start it slow and you don't realize you're boiling until it's too late yeah um it, it it's a different feel you're right I, I haven't had a lot of inquiries like that but um now
1: it's not a requirement it doesn't have to happen it's not a requirement but that's so. the that's the one thing that that's been in the back of my head that i just haven't seen that out and like everywhere you turn like any tv channel you turn on or whatever they're just talking about the market and everything blowing up everywhere right i
2: I don't know i almost feel like people have given up though because let's just pretend that you're in the market and you're holding like an arc fund like that that i lost a ton of money on when i went in early in in the year right i never dreamed i thought they were probably near the lows right they're already Mm -hmm. down 50 Mm percent you know i took like 20 percent losses on them and they went down another 50 percent right so i mean if you're in speculative areas and decided not to sell, if you're not panicking now when you're down eighty percent, then I, I think enough. you've yeah. you've probably <laughs> given up and you're like, well, whatever, it's not all my money, and I'm, you know what I mean, like yeah, I'm down this yeah. much. Like, What's there's been an, there's been enough reasons to panic. I mean, if you're yeah. down that much, I think you're pretty much like, I'm never gonna sell, whatever, you know. So so I don't know. I mean, it's been. It's been brutally. I was I was looking at some of my notes and the so the Investors Intelligence uh you know came out today, right? Yeah. And um bulls were at twenty-five percent, bears were at forty-four point one percent, which is a very extreme reading. The spread is a negative nineteen point one percent. That's the largest spread since two thousand nine. So, you know, these are like readings that you get at the bottom of major bear markets. Um, you know, you never know. I mean, if, if you maybe um, originally you want to pull up maybe a monthly of the bears. And if you see that, uh, and you can kind of see one reason why I, I, I pay attention to these indicators. Um, when you put up the chart, I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Yeah, we have a little transition time here. Um, okay. I,
0: I just want to mention that uh, for, for people that are maybe not watching the video that are listening to this, um, if you want to see these charts, uh, they are available on the video portion. You can get that at investors.com slash podcast uh, and, and, and see these charts and the panels that, that Charles was talking about, but here we go. Now we've got the, uh, the Marketsmith chart up. And, and by the way, you can also, most of those that Charles was going over, he was going over them on Wanda. You can get most of those by typing in NASDQ on Marketsmith as well. So, uh, the put call ratio, uh, isn't on that panel, but you can, you can get that elsewhere. Um, and I'll, I can also show you some areas on investors.com where you can get those. There's the psychological indicators that you can get, um, you know, under the market trend, but go ahead. Yeah, Charles. You can, get, uh, you can get the bulls and bears, in, the on bulls bears. So you can get, right? you can see those crossovers. It, yep. It's nice. Cause it's got a, a red line and a green line. Um, you know, the put call ratio and, um, yeah. So, uh, Charles, why don't you go ahead and talk about this chart here that we're looking at, uh, again on markets, Smith, this is zero, B E A R 0 bear
2: uh and this is a monthly chart so uh, so, tell so us this what is you're so this is showing um the the readings of the of the um, bearish advisors uh on this survey and uh you know there were some very very extreme readings during the 2008 period right but and that was you know the financial crisis. You know, a, a really a global meltdown. I don't feel like I'm going to even use that as a comparison because I don't think we're in anything like that. I mean, certainly the fundamentals, in my opinion, don't warrant that. I mean, you know, <laughs> we've pretty much record employment. The wow. economy is still uh, has been strong, even though it's hopefully hopefully slowing so that inflation slows. You know, really, the the only main thing that's killing us right now is inflation, really. And, and, you know, the whole disruption in the supply chain. But but if you look at, you know, some of the other readings. So um, in uh, the September 2011, we hit at 46.3%. We're currently at 44.1%. So we're pretty much there. That marked the market low. Uh, in september 2011 that was a, a low in the market then the next reading Well July... the recession
0: fears were going on at that point uh yeah. that you had the greek debt crisis right but what was interesting is you didn't actually have your follow-through day that worked until december december 20th of that year uh hmm. 2011 so uh, you know you, you you kind of slopped around a little bit after that low uh, yeah so
2: but that was yeah. the low i mean yeah. i mean the the, the, the spike in bearishness coincided with the low in the market. And then, yeah, it took some time, I guess, to come out of it, but at least you weren't going down further. And there are probably things you could start building your watch list and, and maybe right. start, you know, the trend started to be on your side, or at least not against you. Yeah. <laughs> um, January 2016, we had a spike up to 39.8. So we're higher than that now. Mm-hmm. That also marked a market low. Uh, didn't go lower from there. The market continued to rally up and, you know, in a bull phase. Then we had the 34.6% spike in uh, December 2018. Also coincided with a low in the market uh, and, and a, a, you know, a, a bull market after that. And then in February 2020, so that was right around, that was the COVID low, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was 416 41 point seven percent so we're again we're higher than that now and that also marked the low of the market and then more recently just uh uh, back in may we hit 44.1 so we're right back at that level and that was the one instance where you didn't get a market low you did get the beginning of a tradable rally though right so uh so we're right at these levels where you know in the past five times we've either hit a definitive market bottom or at least a tradable rally.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And again, that this is also coinciding with a low in the stochastics. You know, we haven't been this low in the stochastics since 2008 and before that, 2002. Um, you know, we have all these, uh, the AAII surveys been very, very negative, um, you know bullish readings in the teens to 20s uh and bearish readings in the like 50 to 60%. So when again everyone's kind of on one side of the boat and expecting the worst and so I that might set us up for an opportunity but again we should, we should wait for the follow through day because no. you know all these indicators are saying hey we're we're near a low like go for it But the market has not been cooperating, and who knows? I mean, we can – it can get a lot worse in the short term and say, oh, well, I was off by a week, but you can get creamed in that week. Yeah, I mean, like if if you go back
1: like to uh, like March of 2008, you know, that that was getting up to a high of 44.70, just like you you were saying, Charles, you had Mm – here you you maybe it was like a short term low, you know, in yeah. hindsight, but then it went up to that sixty four forty, right? So oh yeah,
2: yeah, no, that that yeah, was really like good point. insane, yeah. So so yeah, again, use these as um kind of to inform you of, of what might be happening, but play it safe and uh wait for a follow through day because the follow through days consistently has worked with every major market turn. Uh, It's not going to get you in on the bottom day, but it's not designed to. It's designed to get you into the market when the trend is your friend, or or at least there's that possibility. And, uh, you know, it's a way to get in prudently without risking too much. Mm -hmm. And, you know,
0: a lot of times, I guess I look at the secondary indicators, you know, the value of them is it kind of gives you the sense that you're in an environment where things have gotten uh, to a point where a a follow-through day might be more meaningful you know because you you get false follow-through days right yeah all the time and you know sometimes i look at oh if you got the secondary indicators telling you oh you've you've really washed things out a bit um then you know it's it's a more meaningful follow-through day as opposed to uh something where oh you know what you just you just kind of came down a little bit you really didn't wash people out you know and It doesn't give you the sense that you can have a real powerful rally afterwards so i guess sometimes it gives me that extra optimism that oh what could follow could be even greater um but you know one one thing i just want to mention because i i hadn't i hadn't noticed this before but uh 1994 there was a pretty big spike there the the bears actually went up to 59.1 and uh you know it was it was interesting because we were kind of talking about that 94 uh, correction. Um, there was a, a, a major rate hike cycle there, you know, seven, seven rate hikes. This is something that David Chung and I talked about on a podcast previously. Um, but it, it wasn't the 75 basis points each time like we've seen uh, this time around. It kind of ended with that 75 basis points and then another 50. But uh, what, what do you make of that? You know, that wasn't a very severe downturn in 94. You mentioned that it was just 14%. Uh, Yeah, so I I was actually
2: using, I actually tweeted about this um, and I was wrong, but I was using 94 as a precedent for this time period just based on the interest rate hike cycle, which again started um, slow with with, um, three quarter point hikes and then to 50, uh, 50 basis point hikes and then ended with a 75 basis point. So the total rate hike was 2.5% back in 94. And, and again, it, it happened um, you know seven increases that year. So this year, we've already exceeded that. Now we're up to 3%, aren't we? Um, um. Yeah, I mean, yes,
0: yeah, so you went from three and a quarter to six, because I, I also included in that cycle, there was a February 1st, 1995, which was a
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Right after okay. the
0: 75. So, okay. Uh, so, yeah, there were six in 94, and then there was that one last one uh, to kind of cap it off in February of 95.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, where we, uh, I thought, it, you know, the, the, we as we mentioned, um, you know, off air, conditions were, were different back then. The ninety-four bear market was um is much less severe, just down fourteen percent on Nasdaq. From high to low was this three to four months. Um interestingly though, one one thing I did when when I'm kinda looking for precedents and looking for market precedents, the other part of that isn't just looking at well, how did the market behave? But what were the stocks that came out of those periods? And two of the stocks that came out of those periods, one was Cisco. So Cisco was a gigantic market leader going into 94. Like from 91 to 94, it was up, I don't know, let's just to say 500%. It was up a lot. I'm not a sure. Lot. Yeah, it was, it was in the thousands. It, it was up a lot. <laughs> Yeah. And then it had about a 50% correction during 94 and it came back to lead again. So very you know, long base, a long base rounded out. It, it was, it actually hit a low after the market hit a low. Mm. Uh, interestingly. Yeah. And, but I, I, I printed that chart out just to kind of inform me of, well, how did it, act. And there were it gave you many opportunities to get in before the fine before it actually broke out of a cup with handle. But it took a long time after the follow through day to actually break out of a, a full on cup with handle. So you're gonna have time with some of these. And like like, you know, I still have a big position in Tesla which is looking terrible. But maybe that's gonna be kinda like a Cisco, you know, down fifty percent and eventually build a base. And maybe some point next year, it actually completes the base and is, um, you know, maybe up near the three or 400 range, uh, you know, closer to new highs where it, it gives you a proper setup. Um, but the other stock that broke out in 94 was Ascend, oh, which was yeah. one of the greatest model book stocks of all time. Right. And so it had IPO'd and it was... Uh, It was bucking the trend and when the market took off it really started to take off so looking at um, you know looking for merchandise like a sand that that this seems to be bucking the trend and and doing better you know that's where my focus on like shockwave or celsius comes in because these are kind of newer stocks that people haven't heard of and you know, I don't know that the market opportunity is the same as like an Ascend. You know, Ascend was in the networking space at a time when. As was Cisco, you know. And Cisco. And this yeah. is at the, you know, the kind of the beginning of the Internet, like when things are really starting to, to grow, so they were like really in the, the right place at the right time. So I don't know that the market opportunity is similar with some of these other stocks we're looking at today, but. But there's a lot of things happening, you know, in the world, uh, you know, with AI and electric vehicles and biotech that do that are going to have huge markets. So there, are, there's going to be another stock like that that's going to come out of here. So you know, that's really what I think where you want to screen is for stocks that are showing incredible relative strength in this in this market weakness. And are the first ones to come out that have really great total addressable markets, and they're and they're leaders in their space. Well, and, we and, I, back... and I should say
1: oh. uh, before before you transition, Justin, uh, I should say that uh, we own both Celsius Holdings and
0: Shockwave Medical in in some O'Neill funds. Yes, good point. So. Good disclosure. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the stocks that might be on Charles Radar. And uh, maybe we'll get some more disclosures from Arusha. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Go to www.freestockcoaching.com now. Okay, welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, along with Arusha Piras, who joins me every week. He's an O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager, and we're lucky enough to have another O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager, Charles Harris, joining us on the show this week. And uh, Charles... You were talking about some of the stocks that, you know, could be setting up, maybe have those strong relative strength characteristics. Uh, Let's talk about some of the stocks that are on your radar. And you've mentioned Celsius and Shockwave a number of times, so I guess we can just start with those. Let's uh, take a look at Celsius, ticker symbol C-E-L-H. And of course, uh, for those that are watching the video uh, at investors.com slash podcast, uh, you can see the Marketsmith chart here, Um, you know, with the market. You know, below its two hundred day moving average line, below its fifty day, really below all the moving average lines. Celsius is holding up pretty, pretty well.
2: Yeah, it. it I mean, like it's it's come down with the market, like everything else. But um, you know, given that it, it it broke out during that kind of tradable rally, uh, and it's pulling back with the market, I, I think it's 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 holding in there much better than most. Um, it's a it's a high p e stocks i mean it's a speculative stock, but with uh it, 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 it's in kind of an industry i would consider it's a little bit faddish in a way you know with yeah. that kind of energy drinks monster and and um what's the other one Red bull Red bull yeah um but I actually tried the drink. it's actually pretty good i okay. I, I think that they their marketing is great. I think it's a good product, and fundamentally, importantly, they have a agreement, uh, a distribution agreement with Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And there's also been talk that Pepsi might acquire them or, or have a stake or take a stake. So I mean, it's so similar to Monster, like yes. fifteen years ago, right? Where totally. Coke and Monster Coke kind Cola of got the distribution, distribution kind of the
1: down. And... Yeah,
2: totally, and. This is a you know a small cap compared to to you know those other ones. So, uh, well, back before
0: it turned its name to Monster and when it was still Hanson Natural, yeah, it was it was, it was a small cap. It was oh, it was it, it, it's
2: small yeah. and it turned into something really big. So, I mean, I yeah. think there's there's potential here. Relative strength is great. I think it's got a good story. Um, they're going to be there. They should have triple digit earnings going forward. They had a great uh, conference call, um, and it's it's energy drinks. It's not you know something I think that should be so affected. If you, if you're into energy drinks and you're you're into working out and so forth, and want to do it in a relatively healthy way, this is probably where you're going to turn. And so it, so I like it. I think I think it's you know when the pressure of the market comes off these are the stocks that should do well and maybe be new leadership. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm not saying you have to be involved with it now, but this should be on your watch list waiting for the pressure of the market to come off, waiting for a follow-through day. And this might be one of those that gives you an opportunity once that happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, it potentially could put in, it's 23% off its highs right now. Maybe it puts in a, a cup here It has that strong prior uptrend. Maybe it sets up for the, the the fall today or, or and the next next rally and I mean I, I think one difference with this is energy drink but it also I guess burns calories too I think that's their kind kind yeah. of uh, shit <laughs> right yeah, like that's,
2: that's the yeah that's, that's yeah. the marketing I um yeah I read through all that I mean who knows <laughs> I I I don't really listen to uh, any of that uh, kind of diet type type stuff every it yeah. seems like Every year, there's something, and they find out a year or two later do do the opposite. You know, like <laughs> do, you know, high carb, low fat. Now it's high fat, low carb. Uh, you know, outrageous. don't drink coffee. You now you should drink coffee. Don't eat chocolate. You should eat chocolate. I mean, I, what can you even believe anymore? So honestly, <laughs> I just think everything in in moderation. You're probably gonna be okay. Um, but so yeah, that th- that is part of their marketing is that it burns calories, and so hey, I, I want to burn calories, so
0: why not? Yeah, yeah. So you you mentioned how this has kind of that fad, that fad type to it, and I mean, when when you say fad, I mean certainly you know Monster had that, but I also think back to like the 80s with like LA gear and Reebok with, you know, the aerobics craze and, and, and everything and, you know, fitness. And, um, we saw that with Crocs right back in 2007. And then again, after COVID. So, um, do you handle, you know, something that has kind of that faddish quality a little bit different? Cause I feel like sometimes those fads can be, uh, a little bit short lived and very, I guess, yeah.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, and I could be wrong. I mean, I just think it kind of has that quality because these types of things typically Mm -hmm. go in and out. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if I'm in something that I I feel is more faddish, I'm looking for the move to be a lot shorter, but you can get some of the biggest moves ever in these types of stocks. So like the one I always go to is Pokemon. K I D E was the, the ticker for yeah, kids. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it had like a tenfold move in like I don't know six months, wow. so, something like that. And then it just I mean, that was like the
1: dot com, the whole the during dot com, right? It was actually it was I, think it was it was, that, I think it was. it was after, was it, after
2: that? it was oh, after yeah. dot com. I think it was like in 2000. It, it was after the bust. Okay. Wow. It was definitely after the bust. Taser is another mm-hmm. one. That's right. You know where where. You know, like I remember I was playing Taze and they're like, we're going to there aren't going to be any more guns. We're just going to be tasers and they're going to be in all the police cars and all the aircraft and all. It's like it just took on a life of its own and until it didn't. So, yes, to to answer your question, do I do I play them differently? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of looking for a faster move and, and then maybe a burnout, but I have to say that these energy drinks are um, I could be wrong here with regard to fad because I actually thought Hansen was a, was a fad stock mm-hmm. and and you know monster beverage you know which it turned into and people drink these things. I I personally think they're undrinkable. I think Celsius is actually pretty good. I don't know how anyone can can drink a Red Bull or a a Monster or a, or what's it called a Rockstar, I guess, is another oh, one. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they're they're pretty disgusting, personally. I don't drink them. Yeah. But people love them, and people feel like like it it gives them the the lift they need, and they've been around a long time now. So I could be completely wrong with the fat aspect of it, but the calorie burning part of it feels as faddish to me (laughs) you know but I I could be wrong it it could be persistent but I think it's it's there it's a large enough market and they're a small enough company with a small enough market share that they Mm -hmm. can I think take a lot of market share from some of the incumbents and so I think there's a you know there there could be an extended move in this you know if it works I'm looking I'm looking at it that way.
0: Well, and it's the same way like when you have uh, kind of a restaurant chain,
2: you know that that
0: just starts out and then you see their expansion, you know, oh, we're opening up all these. You know, and, and not just a restaurant but retail chains you know oh we're opening up all these stores and you know you see a chipotle mexican grill go from you know the small company to now it's everywhere or you know starbucks on every corner or what have you and so i certainly see you know every time i go to the gym they have a nice little celsius display right at the front there um wow. you know so it's
2: uh it's definitely out there yeah so, their marketing is really strong too and they're um they're they're pretty slick, so mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see, see what happens. Well,
0: uh, let's go from what you know. What some argue, because I, I I will mention that Charles did put "healthy" in quotes. Uh, so what some argue may or may not be healthy with Celsius. Let's talk a little bit more on the health side with Shockwave, uh, because certainly. One of the things that uh, we struggle with in America still is heart disease, and uh, you know cardiovascular is one of the big killers. And so Shockwave is doing something with that. SWAV is the ticker symbol on this one. Uh, what's what's your take there, Charles?
2: So uh, this is another example of one. It's, it's not that different from the Celsius chart in that it it broke out and is now coming down with the pressure of the market. And again, we're looking for stocks that are showing. Um, extraordinary relative strength in a very, very poor market. And this is another one of them. And again, this is a new approach to cardiovascular disease as far as opening up arteries. Um, And you can see the numbers below, huge growth numbers. And I don't know what the total addressable market is, but I know cardiovascular disease is is a pretty... (laughs) prominent yeah, thing bit. around the world. So this, you know, and and it's shown a history of being able to rally and make big moves, right? It's yeah. got that prior uptrend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you combine the relative strength in a very poor market with the fundamentals and with a history of being able to move. And, you know, these are the stocks that, that I want to look for to lead in the next bull market when it gets there. So uh, you know, these are how you know the types of stocks I screen for.
1: Yeah. So this is what it's it's working like uh, well, pattern recognition is picking up a consolidation right now, a little bit below the fifty-day moving average, uh, but yeah, on overall, I mean, this this is a chart that really sticks out versus pretty much all of the other stocks in the market. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, the this pullback in the Nasdaq has been extreme. Right. I mean it's been bad. So, you know, if if you're a little bit under the 50 day but you're still well below the pivot and well above the pivot. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like a that's pretty amazing given yeah. that your market's at new lows. Right. So, well, and, and
0: yeah. that's where, you know, you got in the perspective of where it came from, the fact that it's held on to a lot of those gains. Yeah. Is pretty impressive. I mean, yes, this is a 22% correction, but look at how far it came. You know, it's still in the upper part. I mean, again, you look at that weekly chart or the monthly chart, and it's still way up there. Uh,
2: well, what's the, what's the Nasdaq down off its high? No, I don't mean its all-time high, but the high in August. Oh, geez, you know, a well, lot. So, yeah, uh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Um, over 20, percent, probably
1: 20 percent. Yeah.
2: So mm-hmm. if if you're in a high beta stock that's off 22 percent and your index is also off 20 something percent, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, that's why the RS is high. I mean, that that's showing you that, you know, I mean, you know, there are a lot of stocks off 30, 40 percent or more just since the highs in August. Mm. So it, it's been brutal. And then, the you know, when I run screens, not, not a lot is showing up that I'm not excited about. There's a lot of stocks uh, that are still in the oil gas sector that I just don't right. play. I mean, and I get I get why they're working. I guess I see oil prices are high. Um, the just the supply demand supply demand dynamics globally are in favor of this. But I also know, I know I'm going to get a bunch of people tweeting me that, that I'm you know, way ahead, but fossil fuels, it, it, it's not, it's not going to be a secular growth industry, in my opinion. We are converting to electricity and, and clean energy. I mean, that, that's a, uh, that is a trend that every government around the world is adopting. And so we're in a transition period where, yeah, there's still going to be obviously fossil fuels for many, many years. But the, uh, I think the story has been written that there's going to be a slow transition away from it. And so I don't want to play. For me, I don't want to play themes that I don't have a long-term belief in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I want to play themes that I have a that, that I do have a long-term belief in which is why I, I'm continuing to hold Tesla, which has been very bad to me this year, to be honest. As you know, it's been bad. had a few great years, and it's been brutal. Mm. But, um, but my enthusiasm and belief in the stock ha- hasn't been hurt at all. I mean, I, to me, the news only is getting better, and there's, there are more and more catalysts, and I understand that the pressure of the market is getting to Tesla along with almost every other stock, and so when that pressure comes off, and it will at some point, the the stocks that have a, a true future are going to show, and so you know that that's why I'm looking at, that's why I own Tesla, that's why I'm looking at Shockwave. I've actually been involved with Shockwave and Celsius during this time frame. I've been trading them, and. I think that, uh, you know, I don't know when the, when we're going to hit the market low, but the secondary indicators are pointing to to the fact that we should be somewhere near that. And the market just feels pretty washed out, but you know, who knows, let's wait for that follow-through day. But I think these stocks that I believe have true futures will be the ones that perform well when that time comes.
0: Well, maybe to transition uh, from that kind of oil and gas and the old energy discussion. Uh, maybe you talk a little bit about the new energy with uh, first solar ticker symbol FSLR. So uh, certainly yeah. this is an area that has had moves in the past. Very strong. Uh, is it, is it able to make another move? Is this one of those so, rare situations where
2: it can come back? Again, another similar chart in a sense to um to those first two shockwave and Celsius, you know, stocks that, that have hit new highs recently and are pulling back with the pressure of the market. This one's actually really holding up well, yeah. sitting on that 50-day. Um, and you know, there's so solar has been uh, the the world is is converting to solar and, and wind uh, and other clean forms of energy. And I think with the pressure of the market, people are, are almost forgetting about this huge bill that just got passed by the, by the government, the you know, Inflation Reduction Act, where there's a lot of um, kind of government support and subsidies and so forth for clean energy. And I think it's gonna have its impact. And again, it's just a matter of time, I think, before we're, uh, before you know, this conversion, you know, w- w- where more and more people are adopting these forms of energy, and you can just see it in the chart, you know, the relative strength is is a 99, mm-hmm. and it, the fact that it's holding up as well as it did in this terrible market, uh, you know, it's been a leader in the past, you know, way in the past, as Justin and I were talking about it off air. I mean, I played it. That was the first move I played in it, and boy, it was a big, big winner. And it's gone through a, you know, a 15-year dormant period, really. Uh, so maybe it, it it shows leadership again, you know, coming out of uh, of this bear market when that happens. So, uh, so that's another one on my list.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's potentially it could be putting in a flat base here, in in the the near future. I mean, it's only off thirteen percent. I mean, I don't even size.
2: consider it 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 basing. I, to me, yeah. it, it's broken out and it's just in a pullback.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not um, even pulling back so much as it's letting that ten week line just catch up with it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right right, it. right. right. Letting right. it catch up with it. So.
2: Yeah. And again, it, you know, it's happening in the context of incredible weakness in the in the overall market. So. Um, so we'll see not not all the solar stocks are working. you know that Enphase phase was was doing great and it's come under a lot of pressure now. I think there was a downgrade in the past few days I think i'm I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I think I think there was um, this is a you know another great company kind of supporting solar um and you know, maybe it comes out of this too. I mean, I usually don't pay too much attention to downgrades. Mm -hmm. Uh, usually the, the effects are pretty short term, but, uh, but we'll see. I, but I think this also belongs on a watch list.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think you gave, uh, our listeners some good things to think about and, uh, also just keeping an eye on those secondary indicators, but also waiting for the primary indicator, of course, being price and volume with those, uh, with those market indexes and the individual stocks showing showing the strength that we need to lead another future bull market cycle so thanks a lot charles for being with us again today it was great seeing you buddy
2: thank you appreciate it great Okay, to see
0: you guys and i'm sure we'll see you again soon we'll have you on uh because hey it's always fun having you um on the show next week we are going to have thomas carr joining us he is the founder and CEO of Befriend the Trend Trading. So I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit about trend uh, trend spotting with him. So hope you join us for that. And thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. Take care. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode.